Welcome to Chasing the Chaos. Where like the storm chasers, we chase the chaos of the storm. We take the mayhem of mainstream media and spice it up with an interesting twist. Honey, like close the windows, we're flying by like Inglewood. Like, I, you know, <laughs> it's literally on our hands because of what we did. So they're doing whatever it takes to make sure that all avenues are covered. Oh, God. <laughs> okay. This all is right. getting chaotic. At what point do we stop preserving life? At what point do we consider mental illness a crime? Ochiano was arrested on March 3rd after police say they responded to a burglary call next door to his home and took him to the hospital for evaluation where he became, quote, physically assaultive. His mother says she pleaded with the police. So they pulled him off treatment, took him to jail, didn't take him down there with any medicine. After a weekend in jail where prosecutors say video shows Ochiano was pepper sprayed, punched and mistreated, he was brought to the central state mental facility on March 6th, where authorities allege he became combative. 12 minutes. A lot can happen in 12 minutes. What about being strangled? 10 seconds of not breathing can feel like a long time for some people. 12 minutes must have felt like an eternity. Virginia native Ervo Otieno a black man who was transferred from a county jail in early March to a psychiatric hospital was handcuffed and shackled helplessly on the ground by seven deputies and smothered to death for 12 long, grueling minutes. The deputies say Otieno became aggressive and combative during intake also stating the psychiatric hospital administrated two injections to Ervo Otiano that could have contributed and complicated to Otiano's demise. Ten officers in total have now been charged with second-degree murder for the incident, where two have already made their bails. What is your guy's initial reaction to this tragic story? Um... As an African-American male, for me, it makes me fearful of law enforcement just as a whole because, I mean, I know there's good cops and bad cops out there, but their decisions are very questionable. Like, seven deputies for one person? Yeah. He wasn't a serial killer. There was no need to have that many people for one person. And he even specified that he was on a mental illness. And this is, the what, the third case that's happened? Because you got George Floyd, you've got Tyree Nichols, and I apologize for my mispronouncing name. And now we have... Herbo, you want to say it one more time? Otiano. Otiano. So there's been plenty of minority attacks and crime, hate crimes in recent times, which is sad to say because <clears throat> not even before African-American, but we have Asian, we have Spanish. Like all the minorities have been impacted by something like this. They all are impacted by this. And one of the quotes that I recently read for in an article on this, it said, my son was treated like a dog, worse than a dog. That's what his mother said. Yeah. And... That, to me, that that just hurt. That, to me, that hurts. Like, it just hits in a way that you can't really just explain it with words. It's just the fact that his mother has to say that, and that's what she sees, that's just, that's rough. And he even said that his mental health incident required medication. Right. So it's not something that he can actually control. But in today's society, uh, male mental health is just underrated like mm -hmm. you're expected to be just oh yeah i'm big and tough i'm the alpha i'm the sigma which mm -hmm. that's cool but at the same time how are it's no one really says oh excuse me how are you actually doing 
Like, right. yeah. no one really says that. So I feel like this is just a really relevant case for not even just African-American men, but just minority men in general. Well, it just shows that, like, the police need a shit ton more of training I, I, just to, like, be able to combat crisis intervention. Like, they need to be taught that. I mean, so I and the thing was, if you see the video, it's like majority of the people were black men who did this. Like, let's not get it confused. And I think the problem isn't necessarily always a race thing, but it's like how the police operates is off white supremacy values and ideals. I mean, for me personally, and I don't know about you next step, as another black man, um, people might be a little suspicious. Why is your name Monkey the Wise? Well, I got that name first and foremost when I was in Africa volunteering. And my name's Marcus. My real name's Marcus. But the children, I, I told them my nickname is Marky. So, but they didn't understand that. So they'd be like, monkey, monkey, oh, monkey, how are you, monkey? Like, oh, bless up, brother, monkey. So, like, that's how I got the name. So it has nothing to do with the racial connotations or anything. But speaking about this, the police brutality and things, I had a situation where police pointed guns at me, told me that they were going to fucking kill me, literally word for word, told me they are going to shoot me, just to let me go, just to let me go. And I'll tell that story in a different different time because I want Jordan into and CJ to kind of get an input on this but it's just the video just got released five hours ago it's an hour and a half video Jordan and I watched it before the show and it was just they're killing a man who's already dead lifeless it's and then what was it like 40 minutes later then they come in to try to like save the guy he's been dead bro it was within a span of 25 to 30 minutes that they attempted to revive him which is very, very sad, and it ties into my initial reaction of this tragic story. I thought it was devastating, but not surprising. I've been constantly, constantly ashamed of these stories that come to the surface, and in relevance to the video Monkey and I watched, it shows in the video clip, in the surveillance clip, that there are significantly less people trying to save this man's life rather than trying and attempting to take it away from him. Right. There are seven individuals on top of this man as he's restricted. But as the surveillance video progresses, you can see the amount of people helping is slowly reducing. And it just ties into my initial reaction. I'm saddened by this news. What about you? Yeah, same. I I have notes here, and it was I, I was saying that this shit's not okay. Like we as a whole, like we're better than this. So like for me, it's like when when is it going to be the breaking point? When is enough going to be enough? And unfortunately, we saw another African American male get murdered because of these seven people. I think another thing going off of what you're saying, I think. It comes down to a restructure in the ethics being introduced into our system. When you say police need to be trained more, police need a lot of more refinement in restructure when it comes to training, I I agree. I 100% agree with that. I think the problem here is not only with training, but with morality and ethics in the system. And I feel like that depends on the person themselves as well, because... The police academy can train you based on, okay, these are likely scenarios that you're going to have Mm -hmm. dealing with an African-American, dealing with a minority. But whether or not they choose to follow that value or follow their training or 
or some other scenario that they just want to go with, that that's entirely up to them. So it's not really partially the police's fault, but it's also partially the actual person's the fault. Individuals. The individual. I feel fault. like 98% per- percent of the time, you know, they have that choice. You know right. what I mean? And it's just sad that, you know, say like more than half of that, uh, of the people that are in this position choose the wrong path and it's just it just sucks i think i think it's not necessarily that police need to be trained more i think the whole system it needs to go and we need a new one in my own opinion i don't think i think that's a great opinion but i personally believe that the system we live in now has been structured to not benefit us especially minorities people of color exactly it's yeah we'll speak about that later with the the bank thing too basically what i'm getting at is i personally feel as though the system is designed against us not for us Adding on to that, you know, we have, like we said before, we have tons against the minorities. But what about just the generation as a whole, our generation as a whole? We're, what, Gen Zs? So against our generation, a lot has been kind of pushed in our direction. Like, oh, we need to do this. We have to do this. But no direction for how we're actually going to go about that. Or having to look up to elders, which is not a problem. But it's hard to look up to elders when this is all you see on the news every day. Yeah, I agree, and well, I think that's a great point. Well, it's hard to get anything done when the politicians in charge can't even agree on this. Like, there will there will a trillion percent be a defense for this. Like, people will defend the cops' actions. Two of them already made bail. I, I just, there's systems in play that are made to protect these things, too. Institutions that are way more established, so it's going to be hard to start from the ground up and try to combat this. I'm not saying it's impossible, but it's just like people are going to find ways to always diminish it, and I don't understand. It always happens. Like it, like the Rodney King or Eric Garner or Trayvon Martin. There's always ways people just get away with it, bro. And it's just like, ah... It's just like, I don't even know, because even talking about it, there's going to be people who listen to us are going to be like, wow, they got political. When it's like, bro, this shit is real. Being a black man in a majority of a white place for most of my life, I don't know how it's been for you, X, but for me, man, it's rough. It was rough in school. You know, being called the N-word, not even knowing what that meant, or being, you know, one of my last jobs that I had, I quit because my boss literally spit in my face and called me the N-word. And you I know, yeah, I can back off that, too, because I've been overseas and, you know, it's not often unless you're like in the southern area where you're going to find a lot of African-American people. So for me, let's just say um, not to call any hate on Germany or anything, but just for me, Germany was one of the best places in my life. Uh, I I got a lot of strange looks in Germany because people are like, wait a minute, you're not you're not like me. Yeah, it's. When you get those kind of strange looks, and when you don't know what they mean, first it's like, okay, well, it's weird. But at the same time, when you know what they mean, you just keep getting those strange looks over and over and over. It's kind of, it wears you down over time. Yeah, it makes you feel like paranoid, like just walking into a store. You get the looks or you get someone kind of just trailing behind you right. or even pumping your gas, man. You just like, it's just a vast amount of just paranoia living in a predominantly white place as a black man. It's a good place. It's a good place to live and raise your children, but it's just, people just don't know. I think that's a terrific point, and I can't stress enough how saddened I am by this. I'd also like to state that I personally believe that talking about this and raising awareness about this is beneficial, even though it is hard to speak about, to come to terms with that this is happening every single day in our society. 
I think it's important for us to utilize our platform and speak of it, even if it's difficult, because that's how we're going to solve problems. If you want to solve a problem, get to the bottom of it. Yeah, and put it out there as well yeah. to make sure more people know about it. Because exactly. like I said before, this is three large cases that the news has covered. But what about the all the ones that people don't cover? All of the, exactly. all the gang murders that you could say, all of the African-American on African-American crime that just happens in recent news all the time. So who's going to talk about that? The things that don't get covered by big publicity. You know, That's all that. why we're here. That's why we're, we're chasing here. the chaos, mm. providing it for you. The one last question I actually do want to ask on this. I know y'all have heard about the ACAB, All Cops Are Bad. What is your opinion on that? I don't think all police are bad. I think there are a lot of great policemen who do their job. And I think <laughs> us as civilians, we don't completely understand the stresses and tensions that they go through every day, hoping they don't get shot or hurt or their buddy doesn't get hurt in the line of duty. So what the cops do is instrumental. Uh, Jordan had a point about uh, the, what'd you say about the police? I mentioned something about the restructuring of police. Right. Not replacing, just restructuring. Yeah which I think is important. I, Without police, it would be complete chaos. But Wallace. it's just, I mean, if you see statistics, man, like domestic abuse with police is like skyrocketing. And it's because they have so much tension. And I don't think it's all on them, but that doesn't give them an excuse to obviously do what they do. But I think, like we said before, there needs to be a different type of teaching lesson that you can provide for police through these tension seeking crisis things that happen. That's a, that's a rich take on that, Monkey. What about you, LiveZone? What do you think? I personally think that, like I said, the system needs to be changed. I don't think that it necessarily has to do with training or anything like that. I think that we need a new system, and I think that with that system, it will imply more beneficial things for the cops to go about the way they go about the situation. Like more how they enforce. Yes. What yeah. kind of system would you recommend? Just like ballpark idea. I have, I couldn't tell you. Maybe just like stop beating minorities. Could yeah. be a start. Could be. <laughs> That'd be a big one. Not every black dude is trying to do something shady. Some are just living their life. Just yeah. like white folk. We're just doing our thing, man. What about you next up? What do you think on this? I think how you said it is, it struck me uh, pretty well because it's not the whole system that needs are just to be completely wiped. It's just, we need a new restructure because police have a problem with controlling the amount of power that they have. Let's just say you're in the middle of a traffic stop, right? You're getting pulled over. You have no idea what's going to happen. Their yeah. cop could be looking all over your car. He could tell you, get out the car. Next thing you know, you're getting arrested. You have no idea. The cop has all the power in that situation. So how they manage that power and how they actually go about this regular quote unquote traffic stop all depends on how well they're able to maintain their control. I think that's really well put. Yeah. But that's all for the first segment. Coming up next, we have our second segment of news, so stay tuned. Silicon Valley Bank wasn't like other banks. It dealt primarily with startups, tech companies, and venture capital investors who funded those kinds of businesses. Not only does Silicon Valley Bank, or did Silicon Valley Bank, provide services to tech startups, they provided financial services to big tech, to venture capital firms, and even the individual GPs and high net worth individuals that often made their money from tech 
would use Silicon Valley Bank in multiple ways. Startups are a risky bet in the best of times, but when interest rates start creeping up, they get even riskier. Interest rates represent the cost of borrowing money, and fast-growing tech companies need to borrow a lot of money to keep growing, and in some cases, to stay alive before their business models can start turning a profit. And with the Fed hiking interest rates in order to fight inflation, that means riskier areas of the financial system, like crypto and tech, are prone to getting hit the hardest. Silicon Valley Bank, a bank that was capitalizing and giving loans to tech startup companies, is in the hot seat for losing a whopping total of $1.8 billion. The Silicon Valley Bank, or SVB, began to lose large quantities of money. Customers would use the bank primarily for quick deposits instead of agreeing to any long financial term agreements such as loans, mortgages, or finances because of the bank's notoriously high interest rates. The SVB is the 16th largest bank crash since the 2008 financial crisis. Many customers were upset, especially the minority startup companies who were continuously and consistently rejected for a countless number of loans by the bank. The bank would either shrug off minorities seeking investment opportunities or put them in terrible financial risks if they agreed to the bank's unreasonable terms. Thousands of SVB customers have withdrawn their businesses from the bank while the bank continues to lose money as they are forced to sell bank bonds to try to earn back net profit because of current inactivity from the bank's customer base. The federal government has already stepped in, granted billions of dollars in relief as an attempt to stabilize the bank's shaky interior vortex. Is the SVB disaster karma for the bank's high interest taste and unfair loan agreements? How do we feel about the federal bank stepping in yet again with billions of dollars in relief to SVB? I personally think that the millions of dollars is ridiculous. Um, Them stepping in on uh, SVB's mess up is personally a bad idea in general. Um, But yeah, that's, that's, that's kind of my take on it. Um, How about you monkey the wise? Well, there was a cropo bill that was introduced in 2018 and it was a bank deregulation bill, which allowed small banks and credit unions to expand the type of mortgages. And this gave more room to manipulate the customers and exempt small banks from disclosure rules. So there is the OCC, it's a comptroller of currency who's in charge of regulating and supervising national banks. I feel like they need to do a better job of regulating the banks and Congress needs to pass laws to regulate, not deregulate in favor for their friends and things like that. And also there are exclusionary laws and policies they have created to exclude people of color. Black funding has decreased from a record 5.1 billion by 50% in 2022. And with that being said, that shows another reason why the SVB remains uncertain, even though the deposits were ultimately backstopped by the government. So with that being said, another thing that we're talking about is, you know, they lost a lot of business partners because of this. Right. So, I mean. That also adds to its relevance for right now because it compromises the consumers and businesses deposit of more than $250,000. Because that's how much that the FDIC, the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, can insure. So anything more than that, and that's where the problem starts to come in. So all these customer and startup tech businesses were withdrawing their deposits too fast, which is called a bank run, 
which led to the bank's failure. And the bank was unable to keep up with the withdrawals and the money was dispensed in loans for each startup company. And that's not even counting like the simple stuff like people's payrolls and stuff like that. Yeah. All of that has to be factored in with that 250000 or more. That's why they lost all of that money. Speaking of factoring in, I could not help but ponder what the impact this crash is going to have on stocks. On what stocks. do you guys think? I it's think- going to have a negative effect at first, but I think that eventually it will like skyrocket the stocks as well. I think it's just going to take a minute for the stocks or the businesses that were invested into the SVB to recover from this big crash that they had because all of their money that they had invested, quote unquote, it's gone. This, it's gone. All this time and energy they had invested into the company's methods and how they did stuff, all of that is just gone at the moment. And one of those companies is actually Tesla. Tesla. Yeah. yeah Tesla was very impacted by this and it was, it, it's the stock, it went extremely down because of it. It went from like 300 and. $35 or something like that. I think right, it was peak. the highest was their peak. And then it's now 197, but that's not even the lowest from what you were saying. It, I think the lowest they've had at the current point from a crash is around like $110, I'd say. So it's pretty significant even so just for a stock to drop from almost 300, a little over $300 to a hundred. And especially a big stock like Tesla. It's, yeah, definitely a big stock. I mean, I know Elon Musk has something planned for getting his company back up, but for right now, it's, as you can see, it already went from 110 to 197. Yeah, so he's already got a plan in place, and SVB has been working on. From but what we know, what's his plan? Like, what's his, what's his plan? Like, I, what's Elon, well, I don't know. What's his plan? Is it to like buy, is it to like buy Facebook or something? Like, what is well, what the is his plan? Bi- the thing with billionaires is they don't have just a plan A. They have a plan B, C, D, E. So like, if something doesn't work out, they are automatically like, all right, on to the next one. Right. So I we don't know what the plan is, obviously, but he's been doing it, and obviously Tesla has been rising again. So I don't know. I obviously, got him on speed it, dial. <laughs> obviously, it's it's working. Whatever he is doing. But how does it work with the federal bank giving money back to the bank? Like, does like what do we think? Like the bank didn't know See, that's they're going to get money. I feel like they were kind of careless because they're like, hey, we'll get a government bailout either way. I do think that's a really good point to bring up. Because I agree with you. I do think it was a good point. <laughs> because adding more money into or printing more money into the economy would not solve the issue because it just adds more money into circulation at the end of the day. All you're doing is fixing the debt. More cash would lose value quicker because of all this money that's in circulation. And it's not even just that. It's like, yeah, that money is all recovered, but at the same time, now oh. you got that problem right there. You know what I mean? Like either way, the money is still gone. I mean, you have all the increased inflation and interest rates as well. Exactly. On top of the SVB's high interest rates already, just having those skyrocket is just going to be terrible. It's just going to make another problem to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely agree. I, I think that this whole perspective is going to cause turmoil and is going to spread wider within all aspects of the financial systems of our country. 110%. But that's qu- the last thing we need but right now. Quick last question though. So if the bank is getting bailed out by the federal government and they're giving money, does that make the high interest rates they have for customers and stuff even more yep. correct. of an exponential correct. growth? Correct. Because now they have to recover for all that money that they were literally just given because it was it was given in loans and those kind of things. So now they have to find a way to bounce back from that. Yeah, and pay that. Towards the government, I'm guessing. Towards the government, yeah. Yeah, because 
yeah, you got all the money back, but that was just given to you. You still need to give that back. Right. So what's going to happen? Prices are going to start going up. And people are not going to like that with the ones that took out the loans. So the bank will recover faster than the people will. Correct. Pretty much. Don't you just love this country? It's amazing, <laughs> man. I love legal corruption. It's just the best, man. It's so amazing living here. I mean, the last thing we need to see is higher prices at CVS. Like, let's be honest. Uh, <laughs> anywhere, anywhere. The only thing I'm trying to see get higher is our is our views. Yeah, true. For real. Yes, for real. yes. And us, maybe after the show too. Uh, probably not me. I don't do that. But. Okay. Now, the last thing I do want to mention is what about the impact with crypto? Because that was also one of the big impacts for the SVB crash. Yes and no, but the, you know, like we were talking about before, I don't think it was the big ones that were impacted like Tesla was. It may not have been the big ones, but you also have these small startup ones that are trying to get their coin out there. Let's just say, I don't know any off the top of my head, but let's just say- Dogecoin? Yeah. <laughs> okay, we'll use that as an example. Let's just like, say Dogecoin is trying to get back up there. They need a ton of money to get back in the system. I mean, yeah, but were they ever going to get to that point by itself already? I mean, it, it got to really the biggest point that it got to. And in my opinion, the only one that really was successful with it all was Bitcoin, and that wasn't touched. I like Dogecoin. I like the dog. Dogs are cool. I don't really trust anything you say, CJ, about crypto. First of all, because you don't have a man bun. So that would automatically disqualify you from any you crypto bro bun. talk. I was well, I'm not just, saying I, was, I know anything about crypto I, either. As soon as, as soon as I realized that Tesla was hit so bad, I was actually looking at crypto as well. And Bitcoin was not touched. Bitcoin no. is still in the 20s of thousands to get a share of it. To be fair, Bitcoin was pretty big. And it's going to take a lot to knock a big coin like that down. So yeah. they probably have ties with every company or every bank. I can see that. And, right. and it's pretty much the only successful Crypto coin or cryptocurrency out there. Yeah. So, I mean, like for all these starter ones, I mean, yeah, they were impacted, but at the same time, were they going to get there anyways? I mean, I mean, it would have helped, right? I mean, it would have helped. Given the state of the economy for crypto, I mean, it probably would have had a slight change for it. Because, I mean, now you have all of these new coins being thrown into the system that it's going to say, oh, okay, this coin's better than this coin. I can swap from here to here. It's just a lot of transitioning from what coin is what. So yeah, like so and you're, what you're, what I'm hearing is instead of 30 years to get where Bitcoin was, it would now take 60 or 70. Depends. But either way, <laughs> it's still it's still not really relevant for right now. Right. Fair enough. Right. But to even like be a celebrity, and I know that's what we're we're trying to get to that bigger role. We all need to have to be involved in some kind of crypto scam. That's what it takes scam? now to be a celebrity. Every celebrity has some kind of crypto scam can, triangle they're doing. So I think we I need can, to get on that quickly. I can totally disagree with that. Okay. <laughs> You're going to tell me that Greta Thunberg is scamming stocks? Yeah. Have you seen her eyes? <laughs> have you looked at her? Oh I don't this trust anything she says. She makes me literally this, a climate denier. This all is right, getting, right. this is right. getting not only Ooh. controversial, yeah. but super chaotic. Why don't we run over to the next segment? Fucking stocks, bro. <laughs> Alrighty, folks, here's some sobering news. Adidas surveyed 9,000 people, both men and women, about how safe they felt running. Out of 100% of women involved in the survey, 92% reported feeling unsafe while they went on their daily jogs. 51% of the women being surveyed said they feared being attacked while on their run. Another third of women stated that they have already been verbally or physically attacked while jogging. 
I personally conducted my own survey, and here's a snippet of the results. So what are some safety precautions you as a woman would take prior to going on a run? Well, I certainly would look at the time of day that it is. Like, I don't think that I would go at night, especially by myself. But if I was with a group of girls, I might, you know, be more comfortable. But on my own, it would definitely have to be before sunset or something like that. Thank you. Yeah. Now, how do these statistics reflect the society we live in? What precautions would you guys take as a female runner? And I want you guys to take time and think about this as if you were a woman and observe if the answers you say are in a reflection of immediate physical defense or systemic restructure. See, that's a big question because for me, thinking from a man's perspective, for a woman, it would be for fight because that's just prim- that's primal instinct. I would want to fight in that scenario. But if you think as a woman, you would be kind of frozen in fear at that moment. Like you're obviously going to want to fight back, but you're kind of going to be frozen. It's like, it, that's a significant number, though. 92%, that's what, 8,280 people, something around there. It, that's, that's pretty big. What do you think, Lazon? It's definitely a tough question. Uh, to put it in a woman's perspective, at least. Uh, I mean, me personally, if it was me out there, I would just be myself. Like I would think the same way. My mindset would be the same way. But with the question of a woman's perspective, it's like, all right, well, that may change a little bit, but like my mentality is nobody's going to fuck with me. That's if true. someone fucks with me, I'm they're going to get hurt. It's, so, it's based around your mentality. So, so exactly. What about you monkey? What do you think? I just, it frustrates me that we even have to ask that question. People can't just go running, especially women, or they can't just walk around without comments. There was a video of this woman who, who walked around New York City for 10 hours and was being filmed. And just the crass comments or remarks men would make, I think there's a good distinction level between admiring somebody and appreciating it from afar if it's not on some like Joe, you stalker creepy shit. But it's like another thing to like make comments and actually do that because everybody is just trying to go on with their day. Most women are just trying to exercise and they don't need extra comments made their way. So if I was a woman, I would definitely be uncomfortable. I'd be fearful if I had any traumatic things happen to me before. I already kind of have a nice booty. So if I was a woman, I don't know what the comments would be made. I'm so, going to head out. <laughs> well, you better, you better chill out live zone. Cause I've seen you peeping a few times. Oh, yeah, definitely. So definitely. It, it's a tough question. I have sisters and I just, I, it's just like one of those things as a big brother, you look at like, how can I protect the women I love most in this world? And it's just unfortunate. And I'm happy you said that. How can I protect? Because that is a big point as to why I wanted to present this female based question to you guys. I wanted to hear your insight and honestly understand a male perspective on female safety. And when it comes to the relevance of the statistics, I think it sadly is accurate. I think it's an accurate representation of how women do feel unsafe running. When it comes to the precautions I would personally take as a female runner, I would keep my hair up. I would keep my hair up in a bun. These are things that women at very young ages are trained to do. Ever since elementary school, I was taught to put my hair up in a bun if I'm going out on a run alone so my hair isn't vulnerable to be snatched. I was taught to travel in groups. I'm I'm sure you've heard of the buddy system, especially being in college and 
girls at parties. They're yep. always following the buddy system. Right. And when it comes to exercising, primarily a lot of a large percentage of women don't feel safe exercising after the sun sets. And I completely understand why. If you're a single woman exercising at night, there's a higher chance and there's a higher point of vulnerability you are to experiencing harassment, whether that's sexual or verbal. See, and I have a big problem with that. I have a big problem that people can't, can't live their life without there being some kind of malignant, menacing thing that's waiting around the corner, especially for like women who are running and stuff. It's like, dude, like get the, get a fucking life. And I've been there. I've been there where like my friend or something will yell something out the window and it's just like fucking embarrassing. And it's so like corny and cringy. It's like, to me. I bet it has. Yeah. Do you want to speak about your experience um, at all? Yeah. I was actually leaving a thrift store and I remember I, I got a new coat and how dare you cough as I'm telling a, I'm a sorry, story. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I swear, was, it's the person that's always in the driver's seat that she goes after. Hey, look, it's dusty here. <laughs> um, I was leaving a thrift store, and this man rolled down his window and screamed, Hey, yo, you're the bitch that I fucked, and kept going. And I was astonished because I never fucked that dude. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it kind of, I know it's funny, but it ties into back... It ties into how women are sexualized a lot and it makes things difficult for women to be people and women to exercise and, and feel safe. But I, the reason, the big reason I brought this article to the table is because I want to advocate and I want to show men how they can help women as well. And I favored how Monkey mentioned how if his friend does that, he's embarrassed. He's it, it shows to me that you care. I do. And I want you guys to know that if you see something, don't be afraid to say something. Like, guys don't typically take meaningful advice from girls. If girls are like, fuck off, they're like, oh, okay, like, I'm going to keep playing. But if another guy puts a guy in check, they'll listen. See, the only thing with that is that is very, like, that's a very powerful point to make because you don't really see a lot of men doing that today in today's society. However, it's a lot of the mindset. I'm not pinning blame or anything, but it's just a lot of the mindset of the females today where it's a guy's just trying to help out or it's somebody just trying to quote unquote white knight for them, or they're just trying to help. They get publicized and put on TikTok for just trying to help out. I've seen, I've seen stuff, um, especially in gyms. Yeah. I saw that yeah. Too. I've seen stuff about that and it kind of just adds another layer of icing to the controversy of, women in fitness right. and the correspondence of sexual assault and respect when it comes to both genders and fitness. Um, Live Zone, looks like you have something you want to say. Yeah. So going back to what Monkey was saying, um, I, I was like reading the article and everything and it said, finding that while 62 of men, 62% uh, of men recognize the issue, only 18% believe the responsibility lies most with men to help women feel safer when running. What do you think about that? I, I think that's, Bullshit. Right. I think that's yeah. that's stupid. Like I I mean like you're you're saying that sixty two percent recognizes what's wrong here, but only eighteen percent will be like, All right, well maybe we're the problem. Maybe like mm. what we're doing should stop. Mm. That right. that's that's crazy. And when you say like maybe we're the problem, it ties into how some females kind of identify the entire male gender as the problem. Whereas me personally speaking as an individual, I don't see it that way. I think it ties down to the individual actions of, of each person. 
Like uh, we were speaking before on morality with uh, police, it's kind of the same scenario yeah. with just men in general. Because but the thing that doesn't make sense is how can 62% of us be like, all right, well, we see what the problem is, but 18% is like, well, maybe we should do something about it. I think it goes back to that fear aspect. Because like we said before, you're trying to you're being afraid of being publicized for just being a good guy. Like you're trying if you see a girl struggling at the gym trying to lift the weight back up, you wanna you're instinctively wanna go over and help. But the fact that you're gonna wanna be or the fact that you see all the videos of people online and just trying to help out and they just kinda look but then they just stop, it's discouraging. It's very discouraging to want to just go out and help and just be that protective force for female. Uh, that's, that's a great point you bring to the table, and I'm happy that you're speaking on that. I do want to maybe provide some advice. I hope that perspective of some women doesn't stray you away from doing the right thing. I don't want men to be scared of helping women, but I also don't want women to be scared of men. But sometimes, you know, I think that's a, a battle I don't know if we're ever going to fully achieve. But even speaking about it and addressing small steps that both men and women can take to creating a safer environment is really essential and important. Yeah, it was a good first step. It goes both ways. Well, even yeah. to like less blur the lines, I think having a discussion like this where we're all openly discussing men and women alike and where you're clearly communicating to us your reservations and your issues. And we're clearly conversating back to you in a respectful tone and manner. Yeah. I think that's I would the hope. big one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that is the biggest one though. It's the fact that we're literally just having a normal conversation. There's no accusations being thrown. It's literally yeah. just, okay, these are the facts. This is what I think. And how can I work to improve? Yeah. Like exactly. that's what it needs to be for where a lot there, of people. There are others that would be like, uh, no, 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 no. Right. And that's that's where that problem yeah, lies. Yeah, like the red pill fucking incel losers on the <laughs> internet who just like follow Andrew Tate and everything that he says. Exactly. And, so, and that's another problem with this whole thing is there's almost like a, a recent resurgence of like denying women as like even human beings yeah. in general. Yeah, and I used to actually, me and Next Step used to actually have a friend that was like that, and we would tell him like that that's not that's not cool, like don't do Keyword, that. Keyword used to exactly, exactly, because when it got to a certain point, that's when we were like, all right, nah, fuck you. Well, yeah, and I'm we're like, I ain't with that. Yeah, and I'll bet my house that I'm renting that literally the guys probably never ever went outside or communicated with a woman in general ever. What about his well, mom? Oh. <laughs> I don't know about that because his mom is, he never had his father. Let's just say it's well, I'm telling you the origins of like the red yeah. pill community yeah. and these incels and stuff like that is because they're so sexually frustrated that they're like, what? Cause incel, what does that mean? Like in, I'm um, involuntary celibate. Yeah. You yes. sound like a fucking dweeb. Yeah. You sound like a fucking idiot. You well, sound like a loser. Yeah. Right. But, but no, no, that's like the that. thing. Any, no, no, no. Like that. but, but that's the thing. Yes, you can. Like there are people out there who might not have the physical, but they have like the riz, man. Like they Your can monkey. and like yeah, yeah, <laughs> and not even yeah. just yeah. that. How did this turn into a riz lesson? I, it's not that. It's just like people. I think some people, especially like incels, they go up to a woman and they just like are expecting them to like help them out, and it's like no, you it's just like, approach them. And there's yeah. like these people that like they like. I can't get in trouble for this. I'm I'm like. 
God up here. Like I can't, you know what I mean? And that's, that's not the case. You know what I mean? Like you, like there's stupid shit out there that you should not say. And unfortunately people do say those stupid things all the time. So it's just a bad case scenario. What do you mean though? Like, what do you, can you give me an example? I'm like, for example, what Jordan was going through at the thrift shop and everything like that. Like there's stuff that like shouldn't happen, like that, you know, like don't, don't fucking do that. At the same you know time, that's mean? also what they've observed too. Because like kid, you know, kids observe stuff like a sponge. So if that's what they see happening in their environment, they're gonna be like, oh, okay, that's quote unquote good. That's I, what I see. To I be understand doing. what you're saying, but there comes a point in in adults' lives where you can't use your upbringing and environment environment as an excuse to disrespect people. And I completely agree with that. There's always that line there. And if you're overstepping that line, you're obviously doing something wrong. No, I agree because it's whether or not you've been raised for that manner. And that's what you've observed as quote unquote good. There's like you said, a point in your life where you can make the decision for saying, Oh, okay. I don't, like this, I don't like the path that this is. I want to be more respectful. I'm going to go this way. And that's what we come to with like, not even just this, but our first segment as well. Everybody has a choice. And unfortunately there are going to be people, stupid people out there that will be like, I'm going to make the wrong choice. It's just how it is. Well, let's unpack it just a little bit more. Why do men do heinous things to women or say horrible things? It's because they think, they won't be responsible. They won't exactly. be held responsible for their actions because they're already looking down as women, as second-class citizens. If they're in a driving car like that, like you said they, that the guy was in the car, right? Uh, someone was driving. He was hanging out of the passenger seat. So if he says something stupid, she's not going to remember that. That's yeah. what he's thinking. Yeah. That ain't that ain't. He was the actively case. driving yes. and screaming. Yeah. So there was no form of stopping or accountability or personal one-to-one address. It was just a screaming cat call out of the window. And that's that's what I mean. You know what I mean? It's like that's the, that's the stupid part. That's like all right. Well, why? Why would you even do something like? It was that? also on Hyannis Main Street. So I don't know what I'd expect. <laughs> but that's but, the thing. Though. That is the thing. Yeah. That's that ties it back to the whole thing. I should be able to go anywhere I want and not be harassed. But do you think Jordan he remembers that as much as you do? No. That no. that's that's the point. Yeah. And that's that's the, that's the thing that I'm saying is like if they're in a driving car, yeah. they're thinking, "Oh, even if I say something stupid, she's not going to remember that. I'm not going to remember yeah. that." But little do they know she still remembers. Yeah, yeah damn this right. This happened months ago, and I, I still think about it. You but see what I'm saying? You better not see any of the Chasing the Chaos members. I'll be yeah. for no, damn it's, sure. It's Facts. one of those things where it happens. Facts. It happens more than I'd like to admit. I'm almost accustomed to it. And when it comes to, back to the Adidas safety article, when it comes back to women taking precautions, I have been programmed to always consider precautions before I leave my house. So now I have a question for you, though, Jordan. What are ways for women who are alone and running, which happens a lot, mostly sometimes you just get like an instinct feeling like, oh, I want to go for a run. What are some ways, I think you, you, you mentioned a few, to combat that? Let's not even downplay it to just running, just in general. I have a few ways that I can combat And one of them is I try to use my senses when I'm outside. I try to avoid using my AirPods or headphones that block my hearing. I like to be able to be observant if someone's following me. Mm -hmm. Um, I also share my location with my close friends. Got it. And I let them know 
where I'm going. And if I, if I feel suspicious, I'll say, if I don't text you back at this time, something's wrong. I also have a, blue, a Bluetooth tracker on my phone and on my keys and in my wallet. So if I'm ever abducted, you can, there's a slim chance that you could be able to track my location. I also carried pepper spray and a baton, but I recently lost my, my weapons at a concert. Apparently you can't bring them into venues. <laughs> Should have known better. But even at that point, that shouldn't even have to be a thing. You know what I like mean? Like the fact that you need all of that just to go on a run. To like have that that's spur of the bullshit. Moment. Yeah. That's total bullshit. The, I, I personally think that, you know, as men, we got to do better. Well, we are the worst. We got some, we got some bad hombres on our side. We're, you know, unfortunately. Unfortunately. <laughs> but that also, I'd like to state before we close it up, I'm not slamming or slandering men. All men. Right. I'm not saying all men are bad. What I am doing is addressing the fact that these statistics reflect that women feel unsafe. And I wanted to present that to you all and find ways of discussion and ways to combat that. So thank you for taking this time to actually listen to these statistics and listen to me. So I actually do want to ask a question then on this topic. If someone were to, in a respectful manner, rather than just catcalling, say, hey, I think you're attractive, and they actually start a conversation with you, how would you go about that or how would you perceive that if you're just going out for a normal run? That's a tricky situation because I've had men pretend that they're kind and pretend that their intentions are good only to mask their militia. If a man is being gentle and polite, I will respect that. But if you approach me and try telling me that your your next step and stroke your beard in a tropical smoothie, <laughs> you know I'm not I'm not doing that. So it I don't think yeah. any girl would. Yeah. So. And we've already established not to trust a man with a man bun. And next step, you do have the man bun. I'm sorry oh, he became, wow. why did he just become like the target of like, it's always wow. the driver's seat. It's no. always the driver's seat. Same. Next step's a gentleman, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. I think as far all of you are, which is, which oh, is My dog, for real. Great. Thank you for listening. Coming up next, we have some chaotic news for you, so stay tuned for that. Police calls are usually reserved for a middle-aged white woman kicking a group of black kids out of their community condo pool, but not for Argentinian mother Sofia Rodriguez. Rodriguez, who is a new mother with a set of twin boys, lost track of who is who. To help this dilemma, she tied a blue ribbon to one of the boys' wrists, but when that route ended in failure, she decided to get them fingerprinted. Sofia has now been able to identify her children and decide which child she hates less. Mom, is that you? Now, (laughs) is this a big deal or no big deal to lose track of the identity of your children? As comedic as it is, I do think that it has some degree of seriousness to it because they might have had some health concerns where one twin can't have some type of baby food compared to the other twin. Right. So for that scenario, I can see why she would panic. But what are the cops going to do? Like, but how do you just not know? Like, how do you just not know which is which? Two kids look exactly alike. You took the thing off that you remembered which one was which. I mean, I would get confused too. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's, a that's good point. like human error. <laughs> that's a good point when you talk about confusion and human error. And I honestly feel like this is something that happens to a lot of new parents. Parents, well, new and old, I yeah. should say. Sometimes it's it's hard to tell twins 
apart. Yeah. Especially as newborns, they look fairly similar. They haven't established their personality characteristics yet. It's different to it's difficult to differ, differentiate them. I do also consider the fact that maybe she was anxious or sleep deprived or overworked to a point where she wasn't fully fully cognitive and able to just tell right away which one was which. Why don't you just I draw mean, on yeah. one? <laughs> Why not? I mean, like, you just like tattoo. Yeah. Say number one. Yeah. Yeah. Number one two. thing to. <laughs> yeah. Something to differentiate. Get, a, get the baby, the baby like costumes and everything. Thing one thing to. I, I don't think it's that big of a deal if you lose track of the identity of your children. <laughs> um, Unless they all have right. health concerns. <laughs> <And> all right. <laughs> but to an extent, to an extent, and I want you guys to hear me out when I say that. Okay. To an extent. Mm-hmm. It's okay to be like, what's your birthday? What's your name again? Sorry, I forgot. But if it name? comes to, but <laughs> I don't name. think about but, that. Yeah, I, don't yeah. about, I don't know about that one. But if it comes to something that next up was mentioning, like the like identity specific, of the children, if it comes to something like that, well, or dietary restrictions or medical complications, that is when it gets a bit more serious. But if it's just a parent stressing out which one is which, I'm really tired. I can understand. I can I can understand that. What do you got? I'm. G- I'm going to shut that down. I oh, think, oh, I think you're shutting it right down. Jordan. You're shutting it down. I think, I think it depends if it's a new parent or like a parent that has had children before. Um, yeah. for me, I think that if it's a new parent, well, mistakes happen. You're new to this, Yeah, but you drop you, it a few times. Eh, uh, okay. Well, let's not say that Ooh. because I've been one of those babies before. <laughs> oh yeah. And that's, it hasn't turned out great, but go ahead. Uh, thanks. I'm um, kidding. I love you. I love you. But, but I will say that like, but it's true. Go ahead. <laughs> I will say that if you've been a parent before and you're making these type of mistakes, like you're making rookie mistakes at a pro level here. Type it's of kinda, thing. Yeah. You know what it's I mean? Like, yeah. 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 But it's inexcusable? To a point, I would say, because, you know, you've had kids before, if, whether it's just one or two kids. You've already had the experience of, oh, what's your name? What's your birthday? You've had that forgetful experience. So even if it's, yes, it's still human error. Right. But at the same time, you should still know who is who at that right. point. I, I, I agree with that. But I think we should just give her a little bit of a break, kind of like Jordan was saying. Maybe she's tired and got things on her mind. And those, I mean, being tired... I, that can that <laughs> can affect you knowing who the little human beings that you have pushed out of yourself. It's hard to understand and learn the identity. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know about that. <laughs> to be fair, imagine how mischievous they could be. Imagine the story that they're gonna have. <laughs> yeah, my mom didn't know which one was which. Uh, yeah, like yeah. my mom didn't know I was me. She thought I was like my brother or something. Right. That, that, like, <laughs> right. like that. that's going to be a crazy story you know, to tell your friends. You know what it made me think of, to be honest? What? It made me think of if they ever run into government issues. Their, their fingerprints oh, yeah. are already I in thought, the system. Oh, yeah. I you were going to say, it makes me think of like wow. something that happened to me. Like, yeah. I was <laughs> like, what? It's like, you no. ever seen I'm thinking about how these these infants already have their fingerprints in, in their system. Yeah. I wonder wow. what's going to happen. She's already a horrible mother. She's already been a snitch. Wow. She's a snitch. Wow. wow. Literally already got her okay. kids ID'd. The last thing I, I want to do is start calling women horrible mothers, I, I, unless they are. Yeah, I don't know about that. I well, would, she's I starting to, to she's extent. starting to kind of tiptoe hey, on the line. You know 
I she didn't even know which one was which. Monkey. Uh, she was tired. <laughs> oh, what are you saying? Would a good mother put an effort into finding the difference, though? Exactly. Sure. See? Sure. I just shut you down. Boom. <laughs> Mic job. Ooh. Yeah, we're going to edit that part out where she totally dunked on me, Definitely though. Definitely not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, next step, start editing that out. Let <laughs> <laughs> me just do some amplification. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So according to my calculations. Yeah, according to my calculations, you just got owned. <laughs> but do I think it's a big deal? I'm pretty sure she's a new mother. Yeah, right? she's a new mom with yeah. two newborn babies. It's hard to identify so that. So for that reason, I don't think it's serious or as serious as people might think. But um, it's more I, comical. Yeah, yeah, it's more. Yeah, it's comical. Yeah, I can get that. Yeah, and the kids are gonna have one hell of a story. That's it. <laughs> that is it. But anyway, that's the end of this segment. So coming up next, we have some good news for you. So stay tuned. For us four, we live in Massachusetts. People aren't really that nice here. You wave somebody on in traffic, and instead of the casual smile and wave, you'll usually be greeted with the typical masshole customs of the classy one finger and a Dunkin' Donuts coffee getting chucked in your general direction. Well, meanwhile, in Finland, the Nordic country is currently voted in the top five for happiest countries on the planet. The Finnish people have created a new way to be inviting and friendly, unlike the cold, soulless alcoholics who live here in the <laughs> Bay State, with a worldwide invitation. The invitation is to take an all-expenses-paid trip to Finland and participate in a happiness masterclass. On the trip, you will also have the opportunity to witness historical landmarks in the most beautiful lands that Finland has to offer. Sign up for a raffle ticket on April 2nd through 5th for a chance to win the class at www.visitfinland.com. My question for you all today is, what does it mean for you to be truly happy? And honestly, are you happy in this moment? I, I, I would say, I, I think I would say I'm happy. I mean, we got a great podcast here and everything like that. So, and we're, we're, we keep on building off of it. And podcasting is kind of like what I want to do for a job in eventually when I get older. So... I think I'm happy. And not to mention that we're all really friends just doing yeah, the podcast together. Exactly. That just makes it even, that makes it better. Yeah. yeah. I, I think happiness is a never ending battle. I don't think there's ever like a stability where you're true, or at least for me, maybe it's just like, you're not always happy. Like there'll be times I'm happy for a while and like, I'll be good. And then I'll think like, oh, okay. Like anything that made me feel upset or depressed or down, like, I battled that and I beat that. But you really realize like happiness isn't a stability. It's about something that you are just going to effortly battle time and time and time again. Yeah, I agree with you. Happiness can be great, but it can also be a bitch. You know, something I found about happiness and emotional well-being is it's a lot easier for someone to be angry and project anger. It's really easy to say, fuck this, I hate everything, I'm going, rather than challenging yourself and almost reprogramming the way you view the world in a positive, uplifting manner. That takes strength. Having emotional awareness is one of the biggest things as well, where you can know where you're mad in one scenario, but that person did nothing wrong, so obviously you're going to be happy and content with them. I always say mentality is everything. Yeah. So if your mentality is up and you're good, then fuck it, you're good. But like, if it's down, well... Obviously, it's going to lift up eventually. 
It's just a matter of what you do to bring it back up. Because happiness yeah. really isn't a permanent thing. Yeah. It's just something that's you can have for a long extended period of time. Now, I have a question going off of the happiness and everything like that. Uh, obviously, we know that the applications start April 2nd and go to April 5th. Correct. Are you going to sign up and try to do this? Oh, yeah, I am. Because, like, they use the marketing point that, like, it's the happiest place on the planet and everything like that, which means that I'm guessing that the people that are tourists and everything like that that go there, they're having a great experience. So, I mean, me personally, I'm going to go for it, but I don't know if you guys are. I'm definitely going to go for it because I love the idea that countries are trying to increase tourism because a lot of countries, they shut down during COVID and a lot of them still haven't even opened. Right. So the fact that uh, Finland is still trying to get people in saying, hey, we're going to have this masterclass. We'd love for you to see our country, meet our people. Like that's, that's amazing because we already specified the importance of mental health for both men and women. And not even just that. With that being said, everything like the flights and everything, free. Really? You don't have to deal with that. So they're paying so for the all that. Where's the link? They're I'm just kidding. It's actually at www.visitfinland.com. Yes, yes. Let me pull up my phone right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not April 2nd yet. But <laughs> I mean, I'm okay with living life at times sad or upset or broken, but I guess at the end of it, I just, I just want to live my life or like when I die, I'm all right with it. Like I'm just all right with it. Yeah. I'm just like happy. Yeah. I guess. Not really afraid of death. You just want to have something like feel accomplished. Yeah. I guess like the older I get, I'm almost 25 now, the the less I fear death and the more I fear life. And what I mean by that is the more I fear that I miss out on opportunities because of anxiety or depression and things like that. And I don't, I don't, utilize what I have here. Like us four right now, it's kind of cool. Like we're all living our life right now at the same exact time. We're all existing in life. And one day we all will die. So it's like right now, whatever this is, whatever this like fragile thing that we're existing in, it's just like you got to sometimes, like I told you guys all before, grab life by the balls, man, and don't let go. Can I tell you something, monkey? You know what, Jordan? From now on, it's Marcus. <laughs> that name is retired. That name is retired. Marcus. Yes, go ahead, Jordan. Okay. Thank you. Marcus the Wise. Thank you, Marcus. Uh, I think you're bringing really good points to this conversation. And I'd like to tell you something. It, it sounds like, personally, I don't, I don't know if I'm picking up on that you're super happy. I don't know if I'm going to believe it. But I'm just going to tell you right now. If you're ever worried about losing opportunities and experiences, every single opportunity and experience that is meant for you will never miss you. Mm. You're never behind. Just because someone's schedule isn't linear or corresponding with the way your life as an agenda is looking, that doesn't mean that good opportunities aren't continuously being attracted to you. It just might mean it's not your time. Right, that's true. And not even just that, talking about opportunities, chasing the chaos, we got a lot. We got yeah. a lot of opportunity coming towards us. Mm. So with it's that beautiful. being said, it's going to come our way. It's just when is the time? You know, we could be going on a rocky road right now, but at the end goal, you know, we got it straight to the oasis. Right. Straight to Finland. Straight to Finland. Look at what uh, Rogan, that's his name, right? The f- famous podcast. Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan. Yeah. Yeah. Joe Rogan. Yeah. 
Look at what he said. The JRE. He, yep. his shows, he didn't care about viewership or nothing like that. His shows were at like two viewers, one viewer, you know what I mean? For like a good few years. Then he started going. So like opportunities always come your way. Yeah, they yeah. never miss you. And I cannot emphasize that enough. A lot of people these days are, we're almost programmed to be conditioned to think that we're constantly behind. So we can, we always, we always challenge ourselves to do more. But in a sense, that's a misconception because everything we're doing now is simply enough. We're conditioned to think we're not enough and that we're not contributing enough. But that's just completely false. For I, me, I guess I just feel, sorry, next step, I was just talking a sec. I, I, it's not that like I'm unhappy or anything like that, but what I'm saying about experiences is there are some, yes, like everything happens for a reason. Like us having this conversation right now is always supposed to happen because it's the only thing that could have happened is because it's the one thing that is actually happening right now. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is I think people, including myself, have limited themselves through like fear and other things of having other extra opportunities. So yes, technically, if you don't take the opportunity, it was never awarded to you. But what I'm saying is I think there are times that people negate their own happiness to stay comfortable. You're right. That's true. And fear and change, the fear of change is almost organic. Our brains are, the chemical compositions in our brains are composed for us to find comfortability and stay there. So when we push ourselves outside of our limits, our body's like, what's going on? Why aren't you staying here? Mm -hmm. But we need to understand that sometimes we need to get comfortable with being uncomfortable and putting ourselves out there and attracting new opportunities and seeing other people. Personally, I, I'm a musician. And when I see other people succeed music-wise or get gigs or get a hit song, instead of resenting them and thinking, why am I not there? I, I appreciate them and I value them because I know that sometime in my life, I'll be there too. If, if it's not today, that's okay. And if it's not tomorrow, that's okay too. Even if there are people that are ahead of me, I'm still watching and learning and observing yeah. from like other people. So like either way, when my time comes, yes, there might be opportunities that I'm passing up right now, but you got to play your cards wisely. And at yeah. the end of the day, that's what I think that's what we're doing at Chasing the Chaos. Well yeah, said. That makes sense. I know for me, <clears throat> for me personally, I... Hate, it's just something I grew up with. I hate being the rookie. Like, I want to be able to be that person that's like, whoa, he got it. Like, I want to be that perfectionist. So I kind of grew up with that perfectionist mentality of, okay, I need to get it right the first or second time or I failed. Mm -hmm. And it's not that kind of growth period because for me, seeing that growth period is, for like my childhood, it seemed like a sign of weakness rather than a sign of strength. Right. Because when you grow, you actually learn. When you fall, you get back up over and over and over and you learn things along the way rather than trying to get it right the first or second time or whatever. You're right. So it's it's still a learning process, but it's definitely inspiring to hear from all of you guys as well. Thank you for sharing that. Of course. Well, it's evident in this episode of Chasing the Chaos, we've covered multiple spectrums of thoughts and emotions. And I wanted to thank you for listening. I'm Jordan. I'm Live Zone. I'm Next Up. Marcus the Wise. And we'll catch you in the same place next week.